0: Welcome to Episode 3 of the Data Driven Security Podcast. Jay Jacobs. Joining me is Bob Rudis.
1: Bob, how are you tonight? Jay, I, I don't think I have the con flu, but I still got whatever's been hanging out with me for the past couple of weeks, so I feel kind of run down and just cruddy all over the place.
0: And this is, uh, we're recording this on a Tuesday, the Tuesday after the week of RSA.
1: Actually, uh, I, I prefer to think of it as the Tuesday after the week of Metricon.
0: Okay, that's fair enough. Maybe we should just jump right in and talk about Metricon.
1: That isn't there. Is there nothing? There's nothing else to talk about. It's like the talk of the town. Wow. Okay. Anybody, everybody who is anybody went to Metricon and, last
0: week. And now you you helped organize Metricon.
1: Uh, and I think you helped organize Metricon. Well, let me rephrase that. You really organized Metricon, and I just kind of showed up. See, but doing that lumps all the badness on me as well as all the goodness, and I like to bring you into the badness as well as okay. the goodness. Okay. I'll take the badness. You take the goodness, because really
0: you did all the, the bulk of the work.
1: I am totally cool with taking credit for the good stuff. And Jay, yeah. Jay if, it, if any part of Metricon sucked, everybody, it is Jay.
0: So uh, there's going to be people, of course, watching this that didn't, were not able to attend Metricon, unfortunately. Um, why don't we run through some of the talks? And, okay. Uh, or, or did you want to talk about what, what went into planning Metricon? Because there was quite a bit of behind-the-scenes
1: stuff. I think the the behind the scenes began with uh David Mortman poning both of us completely yeah. social engineering us into actually running Metricon. Right.
0: Yeah, with hindsight, uh I'd like to say that that wouldn't happen again, but um
1: yeah, he uh he has he has he has the skills of a Romulan, that's what I will say. <laughs>
0: So we had uh we got the speakers lined up uh and I think I think a really great track, uh, set of tracks there. You know, we opened the door at eight. Uh a few people got there before eight. I was there before eight. But uh you got up at nine o'clock and we had Pete get up and talk about last year's Metricon.
1: Oh yeah, SpireSec rocking the house with the history the history and lore of Metricon. Yes, not not just true. Metricon eight, pretty much every Metricon since since time began. Right. Yeah. And because that, that that that, cause that is how old Pete is, so. right?
0: And and I like Pete because he gets up and he just he takes control and he talks and he just he he just goes, you know. So, if
1: if by goes you means rambles on and on endlessly, yes, that's what
0: I I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna go in that direction, but um
1: I, I actually got a lot of really cool comments about like how people really liked to hear the history and lore of Metrocon so I'm really glad he did that. People yeah, there, there yeah. was as you remember we asked for how many people were new newbies there, and a lot of people were newbies. Them, yeah. So, um I think they really appreciated hearing you know just how you know they were inserting themselves into something historic.
0: And you got up. Talked for a little bit.
1: Yeah, I rambled. I, I, did my, I did my usual ramble rant kind of thing that I do.
0: Yeah. And then you, you tried something new, which I think
1: was a, a, a very good experiment. If I did yeah, so. Yeah, we did speed dating at Metricon. Or speed networking. It does. I guess it speed depends networking. on. Well, you know, I I don't know. I mean, we. I think if we were to survey people and see if there's any you know permanent relationships after you know developed afterwards, maybe it is speed dating. You never maybe. Know. But yeah, you know, I I kind of suggested that you know if people were to come kind of bust out of their shells and go find some new folks to talk to and. You know, tell people what they're passionate about. You know that they might be able to do things. You know, like find someone awesome, like you know maybe my co-author, and they might write a book someday. You never know. Yeah, that was very sweet,
0: by the way. I was, I was, I had a tear well up in my eye when you were talking about
1: that. So, and from what I could tell from the reviews that we got from it, because we did a little survey thing, I, I think it actually worked. You know, from just looking at that, people were, you know, saying good things about it. So, and we're probably going we to do a little reprise of that at Source Boston in, in August. I mean, Aug in April. So what
0: what do you mean a reprise?
1: I'm gonna do so. Uh, so Chris Ang and I are gonna run a little speed dating thing. Or Rob Shane. I'm not sure which one of them is gonna help, but we're gonna be doing a little speed dating thing there too.
0: Oh, nice, nice. Now you're you're helping organize Source Boston too.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. So you got I got suckered I, into that too. Yeah. So so um. Whereas David Mortman pwned us into uh, to Metricon. That would be Mr. Corman that had pwned us into me uh, into working with Source Boston. Yeah. Right. Yeah, good, good, good bunch of guys, a lot, 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 and, and gals, a lot, lots of hard work, but it's good stuff.
0: And probably a little bit more complicated than Metricon.
1: Um, just just a bit. Three three day event, you know, with a ton of speakers. Yeah. And actually, this year, I think I think so. This might so if you if you attend, and this is wrong, it because we're still in planning phases. Pretty hefty tab for professional recording services and potential live streaming. So you heard that here first. So. Wow. Yeah,
0: that'd be awesome.
1: It is. It's gonna be. It's gonna be sweet.
0: So, did you want to go through each talk here, or just hit hit some I, highlights? Maybe? I, I think we'll.
1: Th- I think we'll take some highlights. You know, the Kimberly Price uh, who works at BlackBerry in the incident management team. It was an excellent talk about using data, specifically public vulnerability data. For the resource planning that she and her team you know the extended team there has to do when they're trying to roll out security patches for the various Blackberry products and you know layered products on top of the Blackberry platform, I, I was just totally impressed with how well she uses data and just yeah. how you know the, how she was able to communicate really important things to management that drove real change. That were repeatable processes that actually made the platform safer, made the users of the platform safer, um, all around. I thought it was a very excellent talk with a lot of high energy and some great questions afterwards too. Yeah,
0: and and I think there's a, a couple of things that that uh, I was thinking of. Uh, one is that the the problem of, of vulnerability management is is non trivial. I mean, uh, when she described it, it's a a very very complex process you know and it's a a chain of events and there's series of chains of events because sometimes there might be a vulnerability in a third party library that you're using and then your cycle doesn't begin until that third party gets to a certain part in their cycle Um, and so there's a lot of complexity and a lot of delays and and time in there and I think it's important for people to realize that as they're working with with uh, products like that
1: yeah and the the whole dependency management understanding what you actually use in in your software as you build it, I I think is something that many folks don't consider when, when they're using the open source libraries. And I think of a shop like ours where we have over a thousand developers and and more Java code than I ever care to stare at in my entire life again, and all the dependencies we have. And I think there's some really direct direct takeaways that I can bring back into our org with our you know security development folks and see how we can bring some of her concepts into the life cycle there so not necessarily from an incident perspective but from a development's perspective so i thought it was highly hugely practical for all types of orgs not not just folks that make end user and end user platform software
0: and another thing and you already mentioned this but how she was able to use data you know I, I would guess even even 2 years ago you know even as soon as 2 years ago that when people would would be in that type of a role trying to figure out the vulnerability management what to fix Uh, You know, how to prioritize this stuff. It it was largely a a gut feel, gut reaction kind of thing. But she used data. uh, And she, she showed that in her talk. And I think that was just fantastic seeing that, seeing that use of data, seeing that data driven approach to it.
1: Absolutely, and and while we don't have her slides yet to put into the actual final program that we're handing out, we'll have those soon, so folks can at least get a high-level view of of what she was talking about. and And she's Kim Possible on Twitter. I'll make sure we get a, a link out in the in the the show notes yeah. uh, to her Twitter handle. And she's highly approachable. She's just brilliant. Yeah. Uh, she's absolutely brilliant. Um, she knows more about security and people and everything than anyone could possibly imagine. Then you, you just need to reach out to anyone that needs to find information on this needs to reach out to her, say hello and, and ask her questions. And she'll be more than happy to help.
0: Yeah, That was a great way to start the day.
1: Yeah. Well, and then, then there was our boy, Michael Whiteman. <laughs> um, uh, well, actually he's Ed Bellis's boy, but tell you, if I could steal him, I'd steal him in a heartbeat. Yep. Um, the the my, Michael is brilliant, dynamic. Um, I might even I'm we're gonna I think we need to have him on as a solo. Forget forget what the other couple yeah. of those we had a couple of weeks ago. All right, we're gonna yeah. have him on solo talk about the cool stuff. But he he just went right into and I thought it was cool. So he went right into the data about RiskIO. If you don't know what IO is, go to Risk.io and and just just intake all of the knowledge that will get will be imparted to you when you go there. And, and he did two things, right? He went he went into the data about how the service works. The team that he works with, and then you know they kind of did a little pre-release thing, right? They did. They talked about DB.Risk.IO, which went live this week, and we got a we got a pre-release, you know, kind of thing of it at metrocon So if you come to kind of MetricCon, you're going to hear about things first. Right. Yeah. But, but you were going to say something about Mike.
0: I, I was going to make a, a call that he did a, a blog post over at Risk.IO, um, probably about three weeks ago, uh, and it's an interactive visualization around some of his CVSS work, I believe.
1: So so folks should you know really t- take a look at that and I I'll tell you keep your eye on on Mr. Ortman because he is a just shining star in the security space and I think one reason for that is is he really doesn't come from a security background. Right. Yeah. So he doesn't he's not like weighed down with all this curmudgeon-y, you know, just negativity <laughs> that we all seem to be be oppressed with.
0: Right. And then, uh, and then Wade and I got up and talked about the DBIR. And we well, we should it. only talk
1: about the good parts of the of the actual Metricon. Yeah, no, that's no, valid. I'm, I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, it was, I you guys had them on the floor, yeah, literally on the floor laughing. Um, during yeah. yours,
0: we we made a conscious decision not to get technical into the DBIR and to kind of talk about the lighter side. The more of the entertaining side of working
1: on the DBIR. You had some awesome covers that we cannot show to the public. Again, <laughs> seeing things only for the eyes of attendees of MetriCon.
0: And then we got to talk about the lunch presentation, though, unveiling patterns within security metrics.
1: Yeah, I mean, we figured with such a lightweight agenda in the morning, we wanted to go deep dive into finding and discovering patterns of security metrics at lunchtime here.
0: So the the security metrics that we're talking about here is securitymetrics.org and the mailing list, basically. We got the the full historical dump of every mail to the mailing list going back to, what, 2006, 2007?
1: 2006, I believe.
0: And so – uh Bob and I decided to to look at patterns and security metrics meaning the mailing list so we created some visualizations running through who are the top talkers message length how many words uh things like that I don't know how many of those we actually showed in the end uh but it was it was fun just to walk through it and it was fun cuz we were able to to call out some people by name as being you know sort of uh, chattier than others you know Russ was in the room and got got to poke him a little bit this is looking at uh, over the years, going back to 2006 to the end of 2013, and you can see that the top purple line here are the top 10 people, top 10 people covering about 25% of the traffic. Uh, and then the bottom line are people who have posted once. And you can see that that's, that's pretty steady throughout the years, but you can see that the and the top 10 and the, the people above 50 posts in that blue line um, have died down recently. But really the, the bottom two, the... The mass of people and then the, the single posts constitute, you know, the probably fifty percent of the posts on the list. Going up until two thousand twelve where it died down, but the 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 lurkers and stuff are still driving a lot of the traffic and that's pretty steady.
1: You know, if if this was a a graph, um, a density plot of the list, there'd be the single post because of the barrage that people would be, you know, like met with after their single post, and then they would go hide away and never say something again. Yeah, that's yeah. wonderful. <laughs> so, <laughs> lo- uh, sorry, just just love lo- love all the Sierra folk.
0: Yeah, so this is looking at the time time of day and the day of week. So you've got the times across the bottom and the the days across the week on the on the y-axis. And you can see sort of the density of this. So you can see a lot of it occurs from, you know, 8 a.m. to to 5, 6 at night, a um, little bit in the evening and not too much on the weekends.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think the pattern does show that we waste <laughs> a lot of time at work talking security metrics with each other. Right. And these are in the sender's time. So this is a, it's an interesting look. Oh, yeah, this, this is equal opportunity time-wasting, absolutely. Yeah,
0: and actually, can you find Adam up there? Because I, I don't know if I told you, I talked to Adam, and oh, I really? brought up an interesting thing. He doesn't start until 9, and I thought he slept in, but he said he developed a rule that he won't post until like a second cup of coffee or something. So it's not, I, I said at the thing, maybe he sleeps in looking at this. He, he in fact, has a, probably a very solid rule. Not not to post before he's got some coffee
1: in. It looks like he may have developed that rule, you know, after a little bit of a, a slip. You know, basically, <laughs> I think maybe he tried doing it early. Realized, realized his chagrin about that, and then pretty stayed hard and fast with that. I gotta agree, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So that's pretty interesting. You know, it's just fun to kind of call out the people and and pull out this metadata and try to pick out things about their lives. You know.
1: Yeah, if, if you are actually on the uh, sec- the security metrics mailing list, uh, we can in fact produce that same view for you so just give us a shout out if you want us to if you want us to have yours that you can frame forever you you may absolutely do that.
0: Or you could just give us your inbox and we could uh, you know just look at the the metadata. Of course, we don't need to inspect the actual data.
1: Or you could just give us access to your entire Gmail inbox, and we could just do all sorts of evil things, right? Uh, so after <laughs> after after lunch, and it was a tasty lunch, by the way, too. I was really, I was actually, I was gonna, I was a little worried that we would not have a decent lunch, and I gotta say some props to the Savour people, or however you pronounce their their interesting name. All right. We went next to uh, Christoph Huygens, uh, and I'm probably really terribly butchering the name, and I'm sorry, Christoph. I, I thought and, and Jay, I don't think you saw this one, the whole part of this one. This was a fascinating talk on how they do large scale internet measurement um at the Catholic University of Belgium. And they went specifically into, again, embargoed research, you know, revealing about a project they have that involves looking at file inclusive websites, SSL state of websites, and all sorts of things like that around the basically efficacy of how people build websites. And I think one of the uh the the quotes that got tweeted a lot, and if folks haven't seen that, we have a Storify up about some tweets that were occurring during the uh, the actual Metricon, but you are what you include is was kind of the 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 mantra behind this. And it I it was everybody I think it was received pretty well by everybody. Lots of great questions and uh it, it, they're releasing a new service and stuff that we can put links to out as well as as well as posting the actual presentation that he did later on this week. I believe that Jeffrey Hill, um who came to us all the way from London, so we ended so we had people from we had people presenting from Belgium, people presenting from London on uh basically a very detailed presentation on how to use metrics to advance your security development program and maintain and manage software initiatives. And he really got significantly down into the meat of things. Uh, I think people will need to digest his presentation uh, a little bit to figure out all the details of what's going on. He provided a lot of info for us. And I think he's got his own um, company right now, consulting company, that's kind of focusing on doing some of this work or he or he's about to do something like that. Uh, and, and people, again, ask a lot of questions about what he was doing there. And then we jumped into uh, what – actually, we dug or we, or Stephen Boyer did dig into actually using dig during his presentation about measuring third-party security risk. And I thought that was a – like, you know, I think you were there for that one, right? Yep. Yeah, so it was really good. Do, yeah, do you want to, to give a little bit of a highlight of that at all? Um,
0: yeah, essentially what he was trying to do is grab public indicators of, of – uh, what, what would the term be there? Uh, hygiene. You know their their exactly, networking yeah. hygiene, um, and so looking at public indicators. And I, you know, he honed in on um, what, what was that uh, the the DNS record for for uh, the, the SPF, SPF the SPF records. Yep. Yeah. Right. So honing in on that, how well people paid attention to things like that and having that configured correctly, and uh, just as you know that among other things, as indicators of the general hygiene of that that particular third party. Um, all public things that you can just scan and, and pick up about organizations, and it was pretty interesting seeing his work and and uh, h- how he viewed it. So,
1: Yeah, he actually did something where he revealed to, to me – he said it during his presentation, but then we talked later about how they're actually working with the cyber insurance arm of the company I work for, Liberty Mutual, to provide some of that hygiene-related information um, – it basically helps for both from a monitoring perspective as well as for premium determination. So I, that was news to me, and I actually reached out to some folks back at work when I got back and talking to them about this too, so it's pretty interesting stuff. And we closed out the day, so before we actually got to the the lightning talks, closed out the day with uh, uh, Catherine Brocklehurst from uh, Tripwire, Yep. Uh, Dwayne uh, unfortunately could not actually be there Dwayne and Dwayne's awesome he's he's going to be at Source so if you want to see him present somewhere I think he was at RSA too but you can come to Source for that uh security visualize kind of walking through the foibles and pitfalls of early design and remakes of various visualizations and I think also I I could phrase it as a how to approach doing new visualizations and kind of the feedback loop around that um, et cetera. We, we unfortunately, because there was a lot of pre-release stuff from Tripwire in those slides, we're not allowed to post those slides as well too. So you missed stuff at Metricon as a result of that. But yeah, you know, ho- hopefully you'll get to see some of the work released in the actual Tripwire products themselves. So what else happened? Uh, lightning talks. Um, we had our, our technical editor do a, a, a lightning talk, Russ yeah. Thomas. Yep. And uh Patrick Floor also did a like five minute reprise of his Siricon twenty thirteen talk about uh herd immunity as well, too.
0: Yep. Yeah, and that was great getting uh small chunks like that uh, of their talks. It was it was quick, it was to the point. Um and they, they both I think gave resources where you can get more information and it was good. It was a good little brief sort of lightning talk. And uh down on the show floor, uh Russ did a a video too. Um, oh really? I talked about big data. Big data. You know, can I can I say big data with air quotes?
1: Yes. You well, you that's the only way to say big data, right? I mean, like I think, I think when people see uh, Michael Ritzman slides, you'll 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 get an understanding of just what we all think of big data. So
0: right. And there was something you know we should have uh, John, John on uh, from Visatrend. Um,
1: oh yeah, the, we actually had a really good extended meeting with him, not on the show floor, but kind of in a coffee shop talking about some of the. I think I guess I would say visualization for forensics and investigation that he's putting together for the community.
0: Right. And uh well for the community for uh startup, it's his his business. Right. Um but uh yeah, he had a really funny comment about big data, uh not realizing that in fact he was, you know, big data until he got on the show floor and talked to someone doing big data and said, Oh, you're doing big data? 'Cause I'm doing like twice as much as you. Well, I'm doing big data, great, you know. He hadn't he hadn't thought of it in that way and so we should have him on though and have him have him talk about that enlightening realization of big data.
1: Yeah, I mean and and he's doing some really cool stuff and we can put up some really cool vids that he's working on too and yeah. you know, using visualization for analytics, which I thought was kind of neat. So
0: Yep. Yeah, that was pretty interesting stuff. So we'll definitely have him on uh, real soon.
1: Then we uh, we got a chance to uh, meet some of the folks from Click Security. If folks who follow the blog, um, notice one of our blog posts where we sort of remade one of their IPython notebooks in in R, they uh, they've got some really solid data scientists there. Um, some really good practices they have there. We got a chance to talk to some of them, and hopefully, you know, we kind of talk to them about getting them on on a future podcast as well.
0: So we should have a bunch of guests lined up. Uh, oh, you also stopped by uh, Alien Vault.
1: Yeah. So we, as I think we've indicated before, we've mentioned Alien Vault in the book numerous times. We do a lot with their data and we got a finally got a chance to meet those guys really awesome folks at, at Alien Vault and uh we'll, we definitely need to have them on a show and i think we're going to be doing some more with their data uh, on the site later we can talk about the site in in a, in a little bit but yeah you know, the other big thing at the show jay was you know the what never ending line of people with our books
0: it was an exciting week we actually did two book signings um the first one was at the bookstore and and now, we did not have the uh, beat-em-back kind of lines at the bookstore, right? Well, we
1: we did have to beat the people back that thought we were the information booth. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah, because this year they put the bookstore right where the old, where they had the information booth and ticket registration last year, right. actually for the last 10 years, I think. Um, so people were coming up saying, can you tell me where, so aside from that, uh, it was a good good experience, got to talk to some people that was much more relaxed, and then... Uh, and that was on Wednesday morning and then on Thursday, uh around lunchtime, uh, Verizon had purchased a hundred books as a, a promotional uh thing. And so they, they had us there in the in the Verizon booth and we signed a hundred books for people that they gave away for free. Uh and that, that was uh that was uh, crazy. Intense, I think, is how I would describe yeah. it. Yeah. So we we signed a hundred books in like forty minutes or something. I mean it was
1: yeah Carol uh, is is Carol Neal, Carol, Neal? Yeah, yeah Carol yeah. she she was an excellent herder. Yeah. <laughs> we 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 would not have been on track or on time or anything without without her making, you know, cracking right. the whip on us. And we okay. got to talk to, I mean, honestly, 90, I think 98 people we got to talk with because a couple of folks were giving the books away in, in a separate thing. But
0: yeah,
1: it, And it was just a sea of people, a river of people just coming yeah. and signing. So
0: It was great. It was a I,
1: I, I'll probably post a, a quick snap of what we were doing for the signing as well too, just so people can yeah. see what they're missing out. Yeah. Well, they don't have to miss out on it. I mean, they can actually buy the book and we can sign it for them if they don't want yeah, to sign it. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, a really, really good fruitful week. But well, we should go back to Alien Vault and talk actually, about Actually, yeah, the... we
1: should. So uh in our absence, as we were kind of goofing off out in San Francisco, uh we have a new contributor to the data driven security blog, Steve Patton. And uh Steve actually has been doing some really cool stuff with the Alien Vault data because we at work have actually been capturing the Alien Vault data hourly because they update it hourly. And we have, you know, he's been working on a longitudinal study. So instead of the point in time snapshot that we did in the book and that a lot of folks do when they're kind of using it just for daily triage, we're actually doing uh, an overtime view of how the ebb and flow of individual IP addresses you know works with it within there. And he's kind of walking folks through how to do that study. And I think one of the cool thing about that is one of the cool things about that is it's it's actually working with it on a database level initially. So whereas you and I tend to stick a lot in R you know, he's got a lot of data to work with. It's not big data, but it's a lot of data. And while it, we could work in R, you can do a lot of the actual upfront work on the database side. So you let R do the stuff it's really awesome at. And that's kind of what he's showing in the actual blog post.
0: Yeah, good stuff.
1: And again, open it up to contributors. You know, Steve's figured it out. we got a good workflow. We know what to do. So if you have some cool things you want to do and you're doing data stuff, it's as simple as Git stuff. And you can just hit me up if you want to do that
0: and do you, do you have any blog posts in the works right now
1: uh following up blog post on the la- the next next probably last in the series on the um uh, mapping so if you, some folks can basically get just a final, final view of what's going on there and i think um going to try to sneak another python post out there cuz we haven't done a python post in a while and i uh, i think you're going to do some mark stuff right yes uh
0: real Real soon now.
1: Well, you know, you are busy doing little things like, you know, making the data breach investigations report. So I think you can get it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But I I did want to, you know, creating those blogs and doing these visualizations and the analysis is is incredibly enjoyable. I mean, I really enjoy it. And so I do want to get that time back and work on that stuff. And it's so much fun. So I, I hope to get back there this week or next week at the
1: latest. Yeah, so stay tuned for that on the actual blog, everybody. All right. And uh, I think from a book perspective, a couple things. So folks that w- I think I've already posted this on Twitter, and you, I, most people that are listening to this follow us on Twitter. But if you don't, uh, the Kindle version was black and white for a while, and we have reports now that it is now in color, which is cool, because uh, the book really does shine in color. We 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 fought real hard for color. We've got beautiful color, both print and everything else, and it's working great. And uh, we get some great news this morning,
0: Jay. And oh yes. We got some exciting news that the book was or is being translated into simplified Chinese. What what is simplified Chinese anyway?
1: Um it's it's non-complex Chinese. Dude. Dude, I, I don't know.
0: <laughs> let me let me uh let me Google that for us. So so uh, simplified Chinese is uh, also called traditional Chinese, and it's just a standardized set of Chinese characters. So I know that there's a lot of regional dialects and things like that for Chinese, and so it's a a simplified set of standard characters. According to what I just picked up from
1: Wikipedia, the 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 source for data scientists everywhere. <laughs> yes, thank you for that. And uh you have any conferences coming up that people can see you at, meet you at, yes. talk to you at?
0: So uh, I have uh, an ISSA conference coming up on the 17th, March uh, 18th. And so that's a Tuesday, March 18th, and that is in St. Paul, Minnesota. So anybody in, in my neck of the woods, come on out to the ISSA meeting on the 18th. I think we're doing a book giveaway. i got to figure out uh, what books I'm giving away. But uh, I think i got to get some from... Uh, from the publisher, but um and so that'll be on the eighteenth, and then the week after that I'm gonna be in Austin, Texas on the twenty sixth, talking at the um ISF, the information security forum there put on by the state of Texas. So that'll be the twenty-sixth.
1: Nice and Secure 360 coming up as well, too, right?
0: Yeah, in early May.
1: And I'll probably be trying to find some way to do a book giveaway at Source Boston. So I'm not speaking there, but you, if you come, there's a good chance you'll be able to to snag a copy of the book if you're lucky. Yeah. And uh and some some folks found out about your ISSA you know, shenanigans, and I think I'll be doing in the not too distant future an appearance at the New Hampshire ISSA as well. Good. And and giving the book away there too. Good. We're just giving this thing away.
0: Just giving it away. So yeah, I'm gonna also be in Chicago, it looks like, in April sometime and uh a place in Wisconsin in late may so
1: and if you have the digital version uh once authorgraph uh, fixes their stuff um it wasn't working but Ed Bellis gave it a test for me, and we're gonna try I'm gonna finish it there but I can actually did we can digitally sign your uh your copies of the book on Kindle or anything else with authorgraph and I'll put a link up to there too if you really want us to kind of do that.
0: All right. And so I, I would expect, Bob, that this might be the last podcast where it's just you and I for quite a while.
1: I, I think after talking to folks at RSA, we have a solid lineup of just some really spiffy folks that we can bring on. Right.
0: And so, you know, for at least three or four, I think that we're going to be uh, having guests on, and, and it won't be just you and I blabbing at each other like this.
1: Well, you know, no one really wants to hear us blab, it's, and it's really about everybody else.
0: It is, and I think that that's important. You know what what other people are doing besides you and I. Um, I think it's pretty interesting, and and seeing a lot of the similarities that you and I talk about, uh, hearing about other people doing it, hearing hearing about the products that are capable of doing this, and things like that. So,
1: yeah, I I think that was the probably the coolest part of last week. Not just Metricon, but actually, you know, me meeting the folks at Visit Trend. Meeting the alien Vault folks, meeting the click security folks and honestly just feeling like we were talking binary with kindred spirits it was very
0: exciting. all right I think we could probably uh, wrap this one up and yeah I was gonna uh, say
1: it's a wrap it I think, I think it's a wrap tonight dude. all
0: right well thank you Bob for thank joining you, me yet again and uh, we'll see everyone uh, real soon